It's Christmas! Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. Oh, Christmas Day, my ass. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. Christmas to you and all. It's spooky season. October brings with it darkness and phantoms and creepy feelings that chill your spine. And another episode of Merry Britsmas. I've actually got two episodes this month as October starts my double month time through December. And my first episode of October is always still focused on the festive, but with a sinister edge to the usual warm and fuzzy feelings. It's Christmas, but with a shriek attached. My second October episode will be more Halloween focused, so await that horror down the line. Of course I still have the big Christmas number one showdown to cover this month, but this is the last group of the first round, and the second October episode will bring the next round, with the winners of this round beginning to face off. Elsewhere on this episode I'll be discussing some alternative British festive songs that somehow have a bit of a spook in them, and an episode of TV all about the bones of St Nicholas. As I've said on the podcast before, Christmas is not usually the time for creepy songs. The idea of happy, joyful family festivities doesn't quite connect with zombies, vampires, ghosts and blood. Most of the time, anyway. There are always exceptions and I try to find some of them. This time I thought I'd get a bit creative and find some Christmas songs from British artists whose name has something slightly Halloween-y, and I hope it'll make more sense as we pile on through them. First up is someone with a name that may startle you. Boo. Yes, Boo Hewardine is a musician who was the lead singer and songwriter for 80s indie new wave band The Bible. He's since released a number of solo records as well as working on soundtracks for the big screen, most famously an adaptation of Nick Hornby's Fever Pitch starring Colin Firth. He was nominated for an Ivor Novello Songwriting Award in 1994, and he released a Christmas song from 2020. He was asked to write something for a film called A Christmas Call, a Christmas Carol version via Zoom which I haven't been able to find online but he came up with this beautiful ballad called Christmas Morning that recalls those nostalgic feelings. Morning, do you remember the joy of it all? Lying awake before day's dawning Back when the world was small Then the years go by, no matter what you try One day you wake up, ask yourself why Do you remember Christmas? Next up, let's get spooky with The Spook School an indie pop four-piece from Edinburgh who met at university and signed to Fortuna Pop Records to release two cracking albums and then signed to Alka Pop Records for a great final record. They broke up in 2019 but reformed for two anniversary shows this year. In 2017 they released a single called Someone to Spend Christmas With which bops along on strutting guitars to sing about finding someone else for Christmas. The authors of that book you accidentally 
Scotland but moving along to Glasgow to hear from the acclaimed and much-loved post-rock instrumental band Mogwai, named after of course those gremlin monsters that link to both Christmas and Halloween. But their music's not scary really, more ethereal and beauteous. They've released 10 albums via Matador and their own label Rock Action Records. They've been nominated for the Mercury Prize and won the Scottish Album of the Year in 2021. I've seen them live a couple of times actually and they always create these wonderful soundscapes. Their Christmas song is mainly in name only as it's called simply Christmas Song, initially out in 2001, but I like adding it to my festive playlists as it makes me think of softly falling snow on a winter's morn. And the final song comes from the very morbid but perfectly Halloween-y named Dog Is Dead, who actually renamed themselves as D.I.D. They're an indie rock band from West Brigford in Nottinghamshire. They've got a really humorous fun energy to their style and music, having released two albums and a number of EPs. They even appeared as themselves playing on stage in an episode of the hit teen drama Skins. But, more importantly for us, they released a Christmas song called TV Christmas in 2015, that outlines a rather miserable Christmas plan after an argument. Gonna have a TV Christmas Everything is on the list Of course I got the card you sent I ripped it up mid-argument Gonna have a TV Christmas You said I've been a narcissistic piece of 
And now I've made my bed that I will lie in And it's been a real hard year But I've been a good boy And you've been a real tough cookie You've been a killjoy And it'll be a white Christmas But baby, I'm white noise to you Gonna have a TV Christmas Think about the girls I kissed If you enjoy this, how about you check out another podcast in the Christmas Podcast Network. Hello Christmas lovers and enthusiasts. If you're like me and you're always counting down the days until Christmas, I invite you to listen to Closer to Christmas. Think of the podcast as like a Christmas advent calendar. Each episode that comes out, we get a little bit closer to Christmas, and it's always a surprise as to what the Christmas-related topic will be for that episode. So search for Closer to Christmas on your favorite podcast platform of choice, or head over to anchor.fm slash closer to Christmas. Thanks, and I hope to see you there soon. spooky season it's become a tradition for me to cover a festive episode that still has some spooks in it in some way. And to be honest there's one TV show that has never steered me wrong in this regards. But now I'm on to their most recent festive special and there isn't another one for me to do next year so I hope they whack something out this Christmas. I'm talking about Inside Number 9, a BBC anthology TV show, which basically means each episode is a different self-contained story, at the centre of which are two creators, writers, performers and genius, plural. Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton. Both rose to acclaim as part of the dark and twisted sitcom The League of Gentlemen in the 1990s, but their latest show has been running since 2014 for eight whole series. It's been nominated for and won a bunch of awards, including British Comedy Awards, BAFTAs and the Comedy.co.uk Awards. Each story in the series centres around a location that's somehow a number nine, from a flat to a boat to a meeting room. But in this Christmas special, The Bones of St Nicholas takes us to a church, and specifically, Pew Number 9. The festive special kickstarted Series 8 last year, airing on 22nd of December 2022, so it's actually one of the most recent shows I've covered, but the series is just so good for an October edition I had to get back to it. The episode begins with Dr Jasper Parkway, played by Steve Pemberton, arriving in a church in the middle of a Christmas Eve snowy night, with ominous music heralding his arrival. There he meets the Reverend Dick Wilson, played by the wonderfully theatrical Simon Callow, who sets up the situation for us. So, have you ever been champing before? Sorry? Champing. Camping in a church, that's what we call it, though it does have unfortunate connotations of someone eating with a mouthful. <laughs> ah, no, I, I haven't actually. My wife booked this as a Christmas present, but 
Sadly, As I'm sure you're aware, it costs a pretty penny to preserve these buildings, and Champing is our biggest money spinner. We let them all in. Every creed, faith, culture, as long as they pay their overnight fee. And this Champing is a real thing that some churches do as well, so if you feel up to it, perhaps you can try. Although maybe not after watching this episode. And the Reverend leaves him with an ominous seasonal note. I just want to spend a peaceful night here alone with my thoughts and memories. Well, I'm sure you won't be alone. Merry Christmas, Dr. Parkway. All alone, Parkway thinks he sees someone in a red cloak. And then a bauble rolls towards him from the tree. Hello? Two more actual visitors arrive, a couple with Pierce, played by Rhys Shearsmith, and Posey, played by Shobna Gulati, who create a quick conflict with Parkway. We were supposed to go to Lapland yesterday, only they rang up and said there wasn't any snow. How unfortunate. Yeah, they said we could still go and they put us up in a shed, but we thought, well, if it's not an igloo, what's the point? Well, I hate to disappoint you, but as you can see, there's only one bed set out. No, don't worry about that, we've come prepared, sleeping bags at the ready. <laughs> We'll just uh, set up here beside you. Who wants a brew? And then Posey screams in terror after seeing a strange red cloaked carved figure. <coughs> oh my good godfathers! Who is it? I don't know. I just pulled back the curtain and he were there. But of course it turns out to be. It's St. Nicholas, the original Santa Claus. You mean the Coca-Cola one? A little before that, I believe. Patron saint and protector of children dating back to around 300 AD, possibly even earlier. Mm, what's his origin story? It's not X-Men, Pierce. <laughs> and Parkway tells a creepy tale of the saint. Once inside, the butcher set upon the three boys, slitting their throats one by one. He then cut up the children's bodies and laid the pieces in a salting tub, preserving their flesh to sell as ham to the nearby villagers. Seven years had passed when Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra, was riding in the woods and came upon the house. He demanded that the butcher open up his barrels of salt. When he saw the contents, Nicholas performed a miracle, restoring the boys to life and sending them home to their astonished parents. Lucky for them. Soon after, Parkway sees and follows a red-cloaked figure again, this time up the spiralling stairs of the church turret, and hears a very strange noise and finds a solitary shoe. Is somebody there? He continues to climb up into the rafters and spots some unusual symbols on the wall before Dick turns up and offers some festive drinks and to tell a ghost story. What would you say if I were to tell you that the jawbone of St Nicholas is hidden in this very building? Is it? 
tell you that it has not yet been found, but I have reason to believe that it resides here, somewhere. And why do you believe that? Because of what I saw with my own eyes five years ago on Christmas Eve. Here we go, oh man, please. I'd extinguished the last of the candles, and I was leaving with just the light from my phone screen to see me out. And I was standing over there by the pulpit, and I heard a noise by the Christmas tree. I generally thought I'd really got to be careful here because I might end up locking someone up in the church. I walked over to the Christmas tree. And that's when I saw him peeping out from behind the branches, a figure in a dark red cloak, his head bowed, kept perfectly still. But I wasn't expecting head slowly lifted up. It was so sad. An old man with kind eyes with such pain behind them. And below this tender, imploring face, no bottom drawer, just a black lolling tongue dangling down into the space below. It moaned and clacked. Then it started coming towards me. That's when I ran. I ran and ran and I didn't stop till I got home and I locked the door behind me. The next day, Christmas Day, when I came back, there were footprints, black, filthy footprints, all around the church. I, I believe that his restless spirit roams around this sight, longing to be whole again, and finally to be at peace. And later that night, Posy tells her own spooky story to her husband. That night, when I was pregnant and I had the accident, something happened that I never told you. Saw a ghost. Not really. I was just mopping the floor in reception when I saw my mother walk past. I thought, well, what's she doing here? I waved at her, but she didn't say anything. Just stared at me. Then suddenly she put her hand up on the glass and started to cry. Mascara running down her face in black lines. Then she turned and went off again. I went to look for it, but there was no one there. That's weird. 
Anyway, as I was walking home, I tried phoning her. And it, it was as I was diving, the motorbike came off the road. A few days later, when I was in the hospital, she came to visit me. And she told me that that night, the night of the accident, she'd had an awful feeling something bad was going to happen to me. I didn't tell her what I'd seen. Then, as she was leaving, she put a hand upon the glass and started to cry. Mascara running down her face in black lights. Oh my God. It wasn't a ghost. It was a warning. And as the pair sit before the tree, a red hooded figure heads towards them. And a shit scented candle. A shit scented? How do they do that? You don't want to know. <laughs> So after scaring them away, we find out Parkway is actually here to try and steal the supposed jawbone to sell on the black market, searching the church. But he's interrupted by Dick and has to hide behind the Christmas tree, disturbing a bauble that rolls towards Dick just like before. Parkway! Are you there? I had a phone call from Pierce. He says he saw something rather disturbing. Dr. Parkway? Spoilers incoming if you want to watch the show first, but then he heads up to the rafters again and has a quick realisation as where it might be. But as he grabs it, his foot breaks a beam and his tie gets caught on a hook, leaving a shoe to fall to the floor and the strange noises he himself heard earlier to be coming from his choking throat. Ghosts aren't real! It wasn't a ghost. Hello? It was a warning. interesting take on a haunting that uses warnings towards his past self to create this unusual spooky situation and eerie feeling, haunted by his own future and misdeeds. It's a great twist as all good Inside Number 9s can be. The two writers have a great skill for using tropes and stereotypes of genres in innovative ways, as well as adding in sentimentality and comedy amidst the shock and horror. I still don't know how they manage it in almost every episode. It's just festive enough with the St Nicholas focus and Christmas Eve setting, while sending shivers down your spine with each ghost story and the final revelations. 
The pair have said that next season, season 9, may be their last, or they're at least taking a pause appropriately for a show called Inside Number 9. Personally, I hope they come back for at least another 9 series more after. Coming up soon on November 1st is Christmas Podcast Day. So start getting excited for all your fave Christmas podcasters filling your ears with a barrage of episodes. After Halloween is done, it's time to start the Christmas fun. Yes, my friends, it's Christmas Podcast Day. November 1st is the day you need to check your favorite podcast feed and join in the fun on Christmas Podcast Day. All your favorite Christmas shows are releasing brand new episodes. Some may say that it's too soon, but they're lucky we don't do it in June. So come along and have a laugh as we talk carols, films, and crafts, and all other things from the merriest holiday. Tell everyone it's Christmas Podcast. Join in the fun on Christmas Podcast. Download everyone on Christmas Podcast Day. Get in the sleigh, it's Christmas Podcast Day! Christmas Podcast Day. Hey! And finally, it's time to reveal the results of the fifth group of six face-offs in the big Christmas number one showdown. I've randomised every Christmas number one into matching pairs and they face-off on my social media till we get down to one winner. I'll intro and play a snippet of each and post them over the course of a couple of weeks, with a couple of days for voting. I'd love for you to share the posts, get your friends voting and get in touch to let me know which ones you want to win and which ones you want to chuck in the bin. Over the last month you've been voting and the results are as follows. 1987's Always On My Mind by the Pet Shop Boys beat Band-Aid's Do They Know It's Christmas from 2004, that's the 20th edition one. 1965's Day Tripper and We Can Work It Out by the Beatles beat Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman's Something Stupid from 2001. A classic rock song, Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 from 1979, beat the St. Winifred School Choir, an actual bit of education, from 1980 with There's No One Quite Like Grandma. The Beatles triumphant yet again with 1963's I Want to Hold Your Hand, beating Leona Lewis's A Moment Like This from 2006. A festive song winning with Johnny Mathis in 1976 singing When a Child is Born, beating Winifred Atwell's Let's Have Another Party from 54. And finally, another festive winner with Shaken Stevens and Merry Christmas Everyone from 1985, beating I Hear You Knocking by Dave Edmonds from 1970. And now onto the final group from the first round. After this round we go to the next round of knockouts where it heats up as the winners of this round face one another. But check out the songs in the final round of voting for this group first. First up is 2015's A Bridge Over You by the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Choir versus Return to Sender by Elvis Presley from 1962. A charity single for the NHS, A Bridge Over You is a mashup of A Bridge Over Troubled Water and Coldplay's Fix You. And even Justin Bieber, in a race for the number one with the song, tweeted to buy this instead for charity. Yeah. 
and they go against the King of Rock, Elvis, with Return to Sender, a song originally featured in the film Girls, Girls, Girls in 62. He put it in his sack Bright and early next morning He brought my letter back She wrote upon it Return to sender Address unknown No such number No such song We had a quarrel Next up is 1953's Answer Me by Frankie Lane versus Band Aid 2's Do They Know It's Christmas from 1989. Only the second official Christmas number one ever, Frankie Lane was an American crooner who hit the top spot with this version of a German song originally called Mutterline. Oh Lord, she was mine yesterday. I believe that love was here to stay Won't you tell me where I've gone astray Please answer me, oh Lord If she's happier without me, don't tell And they face off against yet another band-aid This time, the second band-aid from 1989 With the likes of Bananarama Bross, Cliff Richard and Wet 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 lending their voices to the charity song. At Christmas time We let him light and we banish shade And in our world of plenty We can spread a smile of joy Through your eyes is 1986's Wheat Petite by Jackie Wilson versus 1958's It's Only Make Believe by Conway Twitty. A bit of a classic rock and blues number from Jackie Wilson with the very catchy Wheat Petite in 1986 which was three years after Wilson's death. So why did it get to Christmas number one then? Well a clay animation video was released for a British documentary series in the 80s and so a re-release brought huge success. And he faces off against another 50s song, this time rockabilly country performer Conway Twitty from 1958 with It's Only Make Believe, 
originally a B-side, before DJs picked it up and played it more and more. Is that someday you'll care? My hopes and my dreams come true. My one and only you. No one will ever know how much I love you so. My only prayer will be that someday you'll care for me, but it's only me. My hopes and my dreams come true. The penultimate face-off in this round is Al Martino's Here In My Heart from 1952 against the Human League's Don't You Want Me from 1981. There's lots from the 50s in today's face-offs and here we have the first ever official Christmas number one with Al Martino from 1952 singing Here In My Heart. Interestingly, Al Martino went on to appear in The Godfather as the singer Johnny Fontaine. Here in my arms I long to hold Hold you so near Ever close to my heart So darling Say that you can't take this on I give and he faces off against the synth pop classic from 81, The Human League's Don't You Want Me, a conflicting duet about fame and relationships that's a dance floor filler to this day. face-off of this whole first round is 1999's I Have a Dream and Seasons in the Sun by Westlife versus Save Your Love by Rene and Renato from 1982. One of the biggest boy bands in the UK of the late 90s, Irish group Westlife had 16 number ones including this Christmas one that was a cover of Abba's I Have a Dream paired with a cover of Jacques Brel's Seasons in the Sun. You can And they are against an odd pairing of René and Renato, 
an Italian-British duo who had short-lived fame with this number one at Christmas 1982, although it's become a bit of a stereotypical joke in recent years. Sadly for Renato, she was replaced by a model for the music video. So that's it for our first October episode this year, but lucky you, there's a second one coming soon that will be full-on spooky Halloween creepiness, with nary a festive bauble or twinkle light in sight. Also, November 1st brings Christmas Podcast Day, and I'll be taking part alongside a plethora of wonderful fellow podcasters such as Tis the Podcast, Totally Rad Christmas, Behind the Bells, Christmas Creeps, Christmas Sessions, and many more. Also, get voting on all my social media. All Merry Britsmas on Twitter, Still not calling it X. Sorry, Muskie. Instagram and Facebook. An happy blooming Christmas to you and all.